Design Freaks podcast. Uh, we talk about album covers, logo, band logos, music industry, artwork, whatnot. Um, today I have a guest who is a local Seattle musician. Uh, I don't want to get your name wrong. Oh my God. Lars Swenson? That's right. Swenson. Nailed it. Okay. I nailed it. I'm going to edit that wrong one out. <laughs> um, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, I thought you would be a great guest because you are a musician and you work at a record store and stare at record covers a lot, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I know you were in the catheters. Mm-hmm. What are your other bands? So you're now in a band called Bread and Butter with Mason Lowe. That's right. Who is awesome. Yeah, he is. We love Mason. Um <laughs> What are your what else have you done? Uh, I played in another band with Mason. Oh. After the catheters called Stagger Lee. Oh right. It was kind of like a blues rock band. Okay. Um, I can't remember. We were around maybe like five years or something like that. We never put out a record or anything though. Huh. Played a lot of shows though. I remember. We played a ton of shows. Yeah. yeah. We opened for a lot of like touring bands and stuff like that. Mason and I were in another band together called Wayfinders. And the other people from that are now in a headband. Oh, nice. Okay, Justin? Yeah, Justin okay. Deary and uh-huh. Justin Schwartz is the drummer, yeah. Two Justins. Yeah. <laughs> Wacky. Yeah, and Jan. Oh, yeah, Jan. He's the singer. He was the main songwriter, singer, and Wayfinders with Mason and I. I miss Bats of Belfry. Yeah, this is right after that. They okay. Were, they were great. Yeah. yeah. So you work at Easy Street Records. Mm-hmm. Um... Tell me about that, because I worked at Tower Records in the 90s, and it was great, but it was also, there's a lot of punishers, there's a lot of dumb questions, Yeah. crazies. <laughs> yeah. What can you tell, like, does a story come to mind? Oh, man. Uh, so many. <laughs> um, I worked at the Queen Anne one, like, 20 years ago, as I was telling you, with Troy, and uh-huh. um, so I've known the owner for a long time, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then years ago, I worked at a record store called Second Time Around on the Ave. Oh, right. Um, was like kind of pawn shopish. Was that the underground one? No. No, it was no. That's still there, Neptune. Okay. Um, it was kind of like down closer to Forty Second, across from Bulldog News. Okay. And they sold like crappy guitars and stereo equipment and video games as well. Like it was kind of like. You know, you get a lot Weird. of Ave junkies hawking uh, their stuff mm-hmm. to try and get money. Stolen shit. Yeah, and sometimes local musicians that you'd know. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, there's Awkward. something... Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, there's something about... Like, I worked other retail jobs, and record stores attract freaks, right? Yeah. And a lot of them are cool, and some of them are not, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's a lot of in-between there as well. But I think the best record store stories I have are from... Uh, Bedazzled Discs. Did you ever go there? Oh, yeah. I worked at the tattoo shop up the street at that time. Uh, the In the Capitol Hill location or whatever? Or... No, on the Ave, right? Yeah, that was yeah. pretty short-lived. He okay. moved there. Yeah. Uh, Alan Millman. Yeah. Uh, it was just kind of like the quintessential rude record store guy. <laughs> like, I remember he would wear sunglasses. and He's an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should call him that. He's probably, but... Uh, He's, he's a gentleman. Yeah, he's really funny. I mean, he's a character, but definitely an abrasive New Yorker, you know. And mm. uh, I remember one time we had the Av store, like lots of college kids started coming in there, and he would smoke in there. <laughs> and sometimes, like, Av rat kids would come in, and they would try and smoke in there. He'd be like, only, only I can smoke. Oh, God. <laughs> but these girls asked him, some kind of sorority girl types at one point. I remember one up, and they asked for, a, I think, Aerosmith Pump. One of the era, one of the like '90s bad Aerosmith records, uh-huh. and he had his sunglasses on and cigarette in his mouth, and he just said, "I'm sorry, we don't sell shitty music." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what you want to say, right? Yeah, I'm you not can't. like that. Yeah, it's different times, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, that's a bygone era that I can appreciate, but I, I actually don't want to. I'm trying actively to uh, shatter that stereotype. Yeah. People shouldn't be, there shouldn't be more barriers between people and music. Agreed, right? especially physical music. Um, yeah, I remember Bedazzled. 
uh, I bought a lot of records there. I did too. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. had, he had good records. Mm-hmm, he was sure. a, he was in a punk band in the seventies. Do you know about that? No, tell me about it. <clears throat> they were called the Alan Millman Sect, and uh, I feel weird promoting him on here. He's gonna like <laughs> he's gonna like this too much. It's just funny though. But uh, I'll hashtag I, him. Yeah, when I first started going into the store, he would always push his own CD version of the seven inch he put out. But uh, it's called Stitches in My Head. It's good 70s oh. punk rock. They're from New York. Um, it sounds it. very typically 77, 78 punk. Kind of dictators-ish or more punk? M- more more obnoxious. Yeah, okay. kind of maybe like, since they were kind of second wave New York punk, they were maybe also maybe imitating British stuff that was uh, more snotty, perhaps. Right. But it's a, you know, I think the Right, same, right. Yeah, oi. Uh, <laughs> I think the single goes for a lot of money, the original ones, because they were self-pressed or whatever, but Urge Overkill covered a song, I think, in the 90s. Really? That's his kind of claim to fame. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't want to talk. We don't want to expose your current Punishers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I love following. So my friend, Blake, shout out to Blake and Dan at, um, I almost said 33 Degrees. It hasn't been called that in forever. End of Veneer Records in Austin. Oh, yeah. Um. And they have a lot of Punishers, uh, and also Byron's posts uh, from uh, singles. singles. Oh my God! I don't see those. <laughs> For some reason, there's a lot of what Blake calls cracktivity. Yeah, the, I happens. was going to say the location yeah. of that store, the bus stop right out front. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just Easy Street also uh, has really? a uh, bus stop right out front. Oh, great! So that's perfect. That contributes to that. <laughs> else uh coming up you have shows coming uh, up <clears throat> we're releasing a record in april Ooh. that'll be the second one um and so that's been all recorded we just shot a video uh, nice with this person daisy heroin oh i love daisy heroin yeah it's animation uh yeah. yeah i mean we did a green screen yeah and then i think he'll do a bunch of animated stuff behind us great we shot that in my basement a couple weeks ago uh-huh I was at a show recently, I can't remember who it was, but he did the uh, projections oh, cool. for the show, and it was so awesome, but I recognized it right away, like, oh, you know yeah. exactly who that is. It's a distinct style, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I we're really it. excited to see what he does. Cool. I'm excited for that. And what is the name of the song? Uh, Psycho World. That'll okay. be the name of the record, too. Nice. What's your first record called? It's just self-titled. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, buy that record. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Comes out in April? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we're shooting for, like, record store day time. I think April 17th, oh, I want to say. Nice. My birthday's April 18th. Nice. Do you want to talk about um, any album covers you want to talk about? But I've been doing research today on Malcolm Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Shelley just passed away recently of the Buzzcocks. Um, duh. Anyone listening to this will know. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted to kind of have a Buzzcock-centered sort of show yeah um because i think the designs are really cool and even just the orgasmatic uh artwork is worth talking about that's yeah, amazing um so great um the, his treatment of typography something that non-designers often take for granted yeah um and i just i don't know it's just like a perfect cover i just wanted to kind of talk about maybe his life a little bit because we've all seen those album covers but maybe we don't know that he went to school with Barney Bubbles. And um, and I did a Barney Bubbles episode, which now I keep finding out more about him. I kind of want to do a part two. Yeah. Like, I didn't know he did that Damned cover. Oh, I didn't know that either. The, the frosting. Him and his, oh, uh, no way. his uh, photographer. Um, what was his name? That's like the famous. best, one of the it's, best punk albums. I covers. mean... It, Peter Gravel was the the photographer at the time okay. that he worked with. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, totally. Oh, Captain Sensible. Um, yeah, so I keep finding out more about him, and especially the more I research Malcolm Garrett because they were so closely connected. I wanted to, like, maybe just talk about Malcolm's life a little bit. Oh, also on my uh, notes here, I wanted to say... Um, Wes Wilson, the poster designer, passed away. Um, he did a lot of psychedelic posters. Oh, okay. like um, the Fillmore type ones? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
did uh, work for a really long span of time and uh, was a pretty important figure. I can pull up some images. But he was in the same school as like um, Stanley Mouse. Right. Um, yeah, Fillmore West covers, or right. sorry, uh, posters. Yeah, Chet um, Holmes. Mm-hmm. So RIP. And then today um, there was another post-punk death, unfortunately. Um, oh, yeah. The Gang of Four guitarist, Andy Gill. Sorry, Andy. Um, I was listening. I've been listening to um, Gang of Four all day long. And I don't know, just rediscovering how fucking great they were and how unique his guitar sound was. Totally. And, Big time, yeah. Yeah. He was influential and will be missed. And also the bass player from DRI. Oh, I didn't hear about that Died one. yesterday. Dang. Good logo. For and sure. DRI. Very like, recognizable. Yeah. There's a lot of logos that look like that, too. Like the Anytime yeah. Fitness. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I look at that, I, I think about DRI. Someone um, should merge the skanking with exercise. With exercise. <laughs> like, I feel like there's enough aging punks now. Maybe okay. that could be Ew. a hardtimes.net article. Ska of, yoga? Yeah. Ew. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Members. Josh Peppy. Pappy. Hmm. Okay. And from what I've heard from friends of his, uh, he was a really nice guy. Hmm. Uh, nicest one in the band is what was hmm. reported. Um, least dirty, rotten imbecile. Oh, wow. Yeah, so anyway, back to Malcolm Garrett. He was born in 19... 19- 56. He's still alive. Hello, Malcolm. <laughs> um, he's uh, currently creative director of Images & Co. And you can find him on Twitter at Images & Co. And also at Malcolm Garrett. Um, he is based in London still. And uh, he's an ambassador for the Manchester School of Art. And he's also the co-founder of the Design Manchester Festival. Um, which is now six years old. Pretty cool. Um, he's also been designing stuff uh, for, like, kind of political stuff mm. uh, about Brexit. Mm. Um, yeah, so he did sense. kind of his uh, take on, you know that um, John Lennon poster, War is Over, if yeah. you want it. So he did a Brexit is Over, and then underneath, Anarchy in the UK. Oh, really wow. Small. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool. So he's still working. He's still really involved and seems politically involved. He came to prominence in the late 70s and early 80s through his work for music artists such as Buzzcocks, Magazine, um, Duran Duran. Hmm. Those, I just assume those were like Nagel. Oh, they're not Nagel paintings? I don't, I, they must be, but he huh. designed. Right, he did the. With, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird album art because oftentimes there's an artist involved and then right. also a designer because you have to set the typography and sure. do all that stuff. So, And then also did design work for Peter Gabriel, um, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Until right now o'clock. Um, he was an early... Uh, oh, it's just saying that he um, kind of rose to the challenge of design with digital technology. Uh-huh. He was good at like crossing over. Um, he went totally digital in 1990, his hmm. London studio, so early adapter. Um, he was one of the first 10 designers to be inducted into the inaugural Design Week Hall of Fame. Wow. And he was named one of 50 creative leaders by Creative Review. And I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes so you can uh, check it out. Um, he was born in North Northwich. How would I say that? I think that's right. Northwich? It's North and then W-I-C-H. Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, he, his first notable work was designed for the punk rock. <laughs> I'm reading straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> punk rock group Buzzcocks, um, including the iconic cover for the 1977 single Orgasm Addict. Um, brilliant. Uh, until 1994, he was a design director for... Assorted, I don't know how to say this, Imagees hmm. design company. Um, he formed it in 1977. Hmm. Wow. 
So at the same time he was working for the Buzzcocks, yeah. he was running his own company. Um, his work in- included graphic identity, exhibition design, television graphics, literature design. Sorry, this is like inside industry yeah. talk a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, magazine. That's when he started working for magazine. Simple Minds, he did that. Oh, wow. Awesome, the blue one, that early Simple Minds. Right, album. yeah, I know that record. Um, I love that record. Um I think they kind of started out in the punk scene. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Johnny and the Self-Abusers, is that yeah. them? Yeah. Yep. And then they had a, a hit in the 80s, which a lot of bands who started punk had those pop hits in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, totally. And that's yeah. like forever their legacy, but had these amazing early records, um, which then you sound like a douchebag going like, well, I like their early records. Yeah, but right. Yeah. it's true. Yeah, that's true most of the time. God, sorry. <laughs> Oh, first of all, this is the first thing he ever designed for the Buzzcocks, which yeah, was a poster. Yeah, really awesome. It's really weird. Yeah. So the weird thing about this, I want to read something about this. So um, cut his teeth designing artworks for Buzzcocks, blah, blah, blah. So um, speaking specifically about this poster, which I will put, I'll post to the Instagram page. Um, he says he was still in his second year at Manchester Poly. It was his first piece of professional work and the first thing for the Buzzcocks, which led to a relationship that continues to this day. Um, People don't really know the story of the original poster, so he screen printed it by hand in college, and he was listening to the Buzzcocks lyrics, so he was already a fan, and the song Love, he was listening to the song Love Battery um, from the first album, and it stood out to him, and he used a found image from a newspaper, um, he enlarged it by a thousand percent, but the quality is really bad. So that's why it's kind of like. Oh yeah, that looks cool was, to me. It, I know it looks <laughs> intentional. Um, so he enlarged it. Quality of the line is so broken up, but it was from a small ad in the back of a paper of someone's get-rich-quick scheme to sell one-legged tights. <laughs> what? And then he says, which is simultaneously such a brilliant and stupid idea. First of all, what? <laughs> One yeah. like it. I don't get it. I mean, wouldn't that just be like the kind you hold up with garter? I guess, but it looks like it's crotchless. It does, yeah. <laughs> What's I figured happening? it was from like a lingerie, like how a lot of punk bands use stuff from like weird British dirty magazines or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a bizarre, it's like an illustration. Yeah. Um, so the idea was to mix images of the human form with electrical circuitry. So after that was printed, he hand-painted two motifs in the middle, uh, diagram- diagrammatic representations of the plus and minus connections of a battery. So it's literally a love battery. Right. So that's how he was interpreting the song. And then there's plugs in both right-hand corners so the band could use it, portrait or landscape. Very thoughtful yeah. design. Um, and it's intended to be painted over with gig dates. So they could put it up in local venues. Um, it's the first time the Buzzcocks logo was ever used. Um, and he says, for me, this poster was the beginning of a not unsuccessful career. <laughs> <laughs> Classic British understatement. I know. That not- lo- I mean, the logo is amazing. So here I'm, we're looking at the Orgasm Addict um, cover, uh, and interesting, the type choice that he used, the font choice, it's rounded, which I never really noticed yeah, until just now. And then the rounded lines and just like the manipulation of the words. Um, it's very Swiss design to me. It feels very um, grid-like and uh, with the like figure figure breaking the grid in the middle um the duotone figure with the iron head i don't know yeah my friend i love uh, it so much i just do (laughs) oh it's yeah it's perfect my my uh, (laughs) it occurred to me a roommate and friend of mine got fired from whole foods for wearing that t-shirt what that's that happened uh malcolm do you see what (laughs) happened that's insane what did they say? I think he was warned not to wear it. I think maybe because oh. the word orgasm, or oh. maybe because like the simulated nudity. It's not really no. dirty, really. There uh, is not a nipple in sight. Yeah. Wow. I think he was warned not to wear it and just did anyway out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Here we're going to look at the um, Malcolm Garrett's orgasmatic artwork redesigned 120 times to mark its 40th anniversary. So this is kind of cool. Um, and this his artwork was um, reinterpreted by, you know, his colleagues too, like Peter Seville did one. Oh, right. Um, so to celebrate the 40th anniversary, and again, I will be posting photos of this, um, of the Buzzcock single orgasm addict. Um, I wish I could have seen this exhibition. It was curated by Malcolm Garrett and Dr. Me. Hmm. I don't, I'll have to look that up. Um, the only restrictions given were that the designs had to use the original blue and yellow Pantone 286 colors and be sized at seven by seven inches. I like yeah. the original 45. Mm -hmm. Right. So contributions from all over the world were received, including work by um, Bro Brolio Amato, Catalog, Peter Seville, Eve Warren, Mariel Osborne, and many more. And from the first meeting, they outlined um, they wanted a split of female to male designers. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of male designers who get credit. A lot of female designers, I think, throughout history have just worked for labels and mm -hmm. or studios and haven't been called out by name right. historically. So I think that's really cool. Um, it's also become a worrying trend in design exhibitions that they're highly male-centric, so we wanted to address this. If I was harsh, I would say we failed, as the split <laughs> isn't 50-50. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. It should be more like 80-20. No. Um, <laughs> At least he's straight up about it. Yeah, I love that. Um, so the idea was conceived um, that the artworks would be on displays at bars and restaurants around the city for the duration of the event. So it was like a citywide event. It must have been Manchester. Um, Seems like he's pretty big on promoting Manchester as a culture center. For sure. Probably it wasn't when he was growing up, I imagine, maybe. They wanted... Peter Seville's work to go into a porn shop in the northern quarter because the QR code. So his um, interpretation was a yellow and blue Q QR code. Mm -hmm. And that code he created for his cover takes you to uh, a pretty not safe for work video. <laughs> so I haven't looked at it. Maybe we could look at it now. Is, sure. Is okay. it a, Q a QR code? Is that like a barcode? Um, it's like a barcode for your cell phone. Oh, yeah, so you turn your about. camera yeah. on and it takes you to a website. Yeah. Um, so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it just goes on and on about the, the exhibit. So now we're looking at the contributions by catalog, I guess as a, a studio. It's like a Ren and Stimpy still. I love it. Oh yeah. It's Re It's Stimpy or no, it's or Ren. Ren. I think. Yeah. It's so cute. It's so weird. <laughs> I love that. The one next to it is the Dr. Me. Huh? which I love too. Yeah. That's just such a great color combo. Yeah, Swedish flag. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I kind of, the yellow looks a little darker though than the Swedish flag. Oh yeah. Um, I kind of want to do my own. Um, and then this one was done by Dr. Me also. He did it too. Um, Eve Warren with the mm. different patterns. Jill Mumford, weird, yeah. creepy. I love these two. Yeah, totally. Those are my favorite. Joel, Evie, and Carl Grandin. There is an upside down Andy Warhol banana. Mm, yeah, weird. Not, not my fave. Yeah. Yoko Land. This is the Peter Seville QR code. Oh, right. So that's what those are. And you scan it and it takes you to a porn yeah, site. Yeah, let's see. That's pretty let's good. Let's just see. <laughs> <laughs> So, real-time scanning. You used to have to download an app to do this. Right. But now you can just turn your phone camera Oh, on. yeah. I've done this to rent a jump bike. So, here we go. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. The, oh, damn it. Yeah. It says, hey, thanks for scanning. The QR code campaign has been disabled for some reason. Maybe he didn't have permission to hmm. use it or something. Interesting. Well, and then this one kind of looks like they put the original one in a blender a little yeah. bit. So 
that's pretty cool. Put a link to this. Check it out. Check out all the different um, blue and yellow and make your own maybe. I don't know. I'm sure there's designers that listen to this who would like to take a stab at it. I like having an assignment. <laughs> I think we went through the basics. Um, I don't know. There's a lot more I could say. Uh, he's very active still, so I would just encourage people to follow him both on Instagram and Twitter. When I looked him up, I saw, I think, a Guardian article uh -huh. that was spoke of him as like a total legend of design. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. And it, the article was kind of about like, oh, this huge famous designer that you know of, like check out his early thing that was punk rock that started him off. Like, mm. And they, I'm like, that's all that I was ever aware of. Yeah. <laughs> in our community, we only know the punk album covers. Um, also in America, we don't have famous, only uh, Shepard Fairey. Oh, yeah. Or like, uh, who's the other dude? Like there's not a lot of, mainstream known designers here. yeah that's true it's not we don't really celebrate that or it's maybe only known in the design community probably yeah. uh i'm only like aware of this stuff through records really yeah. you know or whenever i find out like i'm like oh that person did that like, oh wow weird i know I'm, there's a thing with uh looking up records you know uh i want to say that it's reprise records a number of them at some point got swallowed up by Warner. Oh. And there's a particular Warner logo that you'll see in the, it's really small. You'd recognize it if you saw it. Mm -hmm. And around the repli a reprise label, it'll be like a little W. It's kind of segmented, like it's a lowercase W. Um, and the way that record collectors refer to those era of pressings is by the designer's name. I can't remember what it is right oh, now. Wow. If you look up records on Discogs, like those uh -huh. particular pressings will like, I'm like, why do they call it that? Is it and one it's, of these? Um, it's that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you'll see it like around the very edge mm -hmm. if it's a different label, like if it's Reprise or what have you. It's like, like the rounded square Yeah. over the words Warner Music Group. Apparently that guy who designed that is some famous designer because they reference mm. his name when referring to that logo. If you look up, I can't remember what his name is, but if you look it up, it's like all the logos he's done, it's crazy. Like a lot of them I feel like are corporate logos that you just mm -hmm. are ubiquitous. But Right. And that's the thing about design is that you can, one design can get you in everyone's consciousness. Yeah, like, totally. Everybody. It's so crazy. It's weird. I mean, for me, it's just like without ever knowing about it, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that one person is responsible for all these things that are just ingrained in my brain because of advertising. Yeah. It was like, that's the thing about, have you listened to the Barney Bubbles episode yet? Mm -mm. That's the thing about his work is that he not only did work for Hawkwind and um, Stiff Records, but also was a really successful commercial designer. Wow. Yeah. So there's huh. stuff like Strongbow Cider. Um, and just things that are, like you said, really ubiquitous and that you've seen a million times. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a weird thing about him. And it's like, I wish, um, more people, I feel like a lot of Americans, we do things like bartend or drive lift, you know, Yeah. instead of just, uh, being able to scrape by doing professional design. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just different. Like, he did it for work to fund his other projects. Yeah, his freak projects. Or right. Whatever. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess in the U.S., the only one I can really think of, maybe that's classic, is like Milton Glaser or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I feel like a lot of people know about just oh, because yeah. it's so iconic. Oh, yeah. And Peter Max. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is he American? Yeah, well, I, I guess think he so. is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always think he's English because it's associated with that, like, swing fact, London his... thing. But... His new work features the uh, Statue of Liberty quite prominently. Hmm. <laughs> it's kind of weird. He's a real... Uh, I met him. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, I did. I went to... A, uh, he had an exhibition here in Seattle at, in a weird, like, mall. Hmm. It was, like, in a one of those, like, art-slash-frame stores in the mall. Huh. And weird. then he was just there to, like, sell stuff. And I think you weren't allowed to have your picture taken unless you bought something. <laughs> but we were... I was with my friend who was wearing such a Peter Max looking outfit that I think he was like, all right. He wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like 
I don't know enough about him, but there's some kind of controversy about him. Like, I can't remember if it's because he was like capitalizing off hippie culture or something. Like, uh, I think he's always been very like all about selling himself. Oh of. yeah, it felt very sell, sell, sell. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, artists have to make money, but yeah, it's just it's also weird to mix capitalism with with. I don't know. It's not like it's fine art. Design isn't fine art. Right. It's that's different. I think sometimes it is maybe or it becomes that way, you know, mm-hmm. like Andy Warhol, I feel like is a great mm-hmm. example of graphic art or mm-hmm. becoming fine art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like where, when does it cross over from, uh, like we're talking about album covers, the artist versus the designer. Like when does it, go from graphic art to design yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's the question yeah i think i'm not sure who makes those rules (laughs) let's make the rule now yeah should we talk about what other do you have like a favorite gatefold do you have uh favorite band logos i think the stooges logo is pretty good stooges logo why am i drawing a blank like uh it's all lowercase and kind of yeah that's it oh yeah 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 yeah. that's right Uh uh-huh i'm sure somebody at electra did it i love the lowercase g yeah totally really good yeah, the E is good, too. It looks like a Pac-Man. It does look like a Pac-Man. And I like the uh, this slant on the uh, top of the lowercase t. The, uh, oh, right, yeah. The Stooges font. Yeah, that's what Click it's called now. Is that what it's called? I guess. Maybe the designer Somebody came up made with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Set in Cabell. Oh, it's based oh. on Cabell Bold. Okay. Cool. Cabell. <laughs> huh. I don't know. That's a good gatefold. Oh, I guess that that one isn't. But one. Funhouse is the gatefold. Funhouse is the gatefold of them laying on the carpet in the studio. Oh right. I got a copy of that second time around in the '90s when I worked there. And the one I have is like a promo copy, uh-huh. where they would stamp like the gold stamp on it. Yeah. And they did it right on uh, <clears throat> Ron Ashton's wearing these really cool white pants. Oh, right on his they, pants. They stamped it right on his pants. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, there they are. Uh, I'm also a fan of the uh, ZZ Top Trace Amigos. I love that. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah. It's so gross and cool at the same time. Uh, I know someone who uh, recreated it. And ate it? Oh, I, he must have. But <laughs> I feel like I saw something about that on the Tom, internet. Uh, Tom Micklethwaite. Maybe like Dangerous Minds. Did, I saw something about this where they recreated the cover and then ate it. <laughs> uh, it has that quality of like mid-century uh, cookbooks. Yes. Where everything's really orange. Yeah. And like not very appetizing. No, looking. <laughs> it looks awful. Everything looks like it's floating in aspic or something. Like It looks really fake usually. Uh I actually I it, think that was the recreated. That looks really good. Yeah. Because this is the original. Yeah, kinda too clean though. You know, the original's got all the cheese on the table and stuff. Yeah, it was messier. Yeah. See oh, this is what you're talking about. See Chef recreate eat ZZ Top's. Yeah, that must have Mexican. been what I saw, yeah. Uh Oh, it was Tom. <laughs> nice. That's a great idea. Go to the Micklethwaite's Meats. I'm just, uh, you know, promoting everything in Austin. We had a copy of that that didn't have the record and the Queen Anne Easy Street years ago. And mm-hmm. there was a guy that worked there that was kind of uptight, and especially about food or anything, really. Uh, what's up, Jefferson? He's still around. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... For some reason, like I re- I put that on the wall above his desk in our back room because I just yeah. knew, I just knew he didn't like it. Oh. Okay. Any good Tex-Mex food is something I don't know about. 
Uh, there is no such thing as good Tex-Mex. It's all covered in cheese. It's like hangover food. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I ate it recently. I was just in Austin. I went to Chewy's. Um, I don't know. It's, I had a, I had a, sal- I had a salad, 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 though. I, ooh, what happened? Did you hear that? Yeah, I lost my headphones for a sec, but it's fine now. Okay, testing. Are we still recording? Yeah. Uh, okay, so another gatefold that's my favorite, since we're on the subject, maybe you can chime in, um, is the Zounds. Oh, yeah. The Curse of the Zounds. Yeah, I don't know if I know what that looks like. I like that band. Um, so me and um, Kurt Block, who's going to be in the next episode, got into like a little... Uh, discussion about it I guess I don't know we were just commenting about it um, because I posted something and I listened to the episode with him that was great oh you did yeah that's everyone's favorite huh he's pretty funny I mean oh my god Kurt's the best one um, one of my only um, few reviews on iTunes is about you should have Kurt block tell more stories (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's. I mean, I didn't know that he knew so much about design. Like, I know a true Renaissance he's man. He's a self-taught so many designer. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. So now I didn't even find out till the end of that episode. So now I'm definitely gonna talk more about that. But I made a lot of flyers for the bands I was in over the years, you know, and um, so some of the stuff he was talking about, I was still using when I was doing that, like oh, Letra type. Oh. Um, I lived in the U District for a long time, and we had, like, a band house there. So we would get that stuff from the university bookstore. Okay. Um, they would have, like, books of fonts, too, you know, and, like, we would buy those. Um, mm-hmm. There would be, like, an Art Deco one, you know, or, mm-hmm. and we would buy those and then make photocopies of the ones that we liked and then cut out the letters, mm-hmm. you know. Um, That's what you do. Yeah, and, you, you know, there's a Kinko's right on 45th, kind of by the movie theater, Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a number of copy shops. There are none of them around anymore. You can't no. do that anymore. And I mean, I guess why would you want to when you have it on your computer? But uh, you know, so like that was kind of almost like working at the Kinkos was almost kind of like a cool rocker job. Yeah. Like my buddy worked at the Kinkos on Forty Fifth, and there was a punk house around the corner from there called the Hellbound House that a lot of bands played at. And he would just let them make all their flyers for free. Of course. <laughs> That's what your friend at Kinko's is supposed to do. You, they make your zines. Yeah. Or then I found out, you know, like the thing that you would put into the machine that counted how many copies you made uh-huh. that you could like whack it real hard and that would reset it to zero or Whoa. something. <laughs> you mean so you'd pay for... You just like, you know, make a bunch yeah. and then get it back to zero and then make a couple. Oh, so like... wow. Well, <laughs> it's too late to use that information, but... So this is the Zounds gatefold. So it's that, that. but then when you unfold it, it looks like a fire truck and they're putting out a fire, but it's actually petrol, a petrol uh, lorry. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, And it's uh, Big Ben in the background. Yeah. They're burning it down. Yeah. That's cool. Really Devo-y kind of actually. I know. God, I love that album so much. Yeah. It's really cool. It's the best. I recently discovered this, which is shocking to me. Like... I'd seen it around or whatever, but never got it. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. Yeah, and I was, as a teenager, I was, like, obsessed with this kind of era and style mm-hmm. of punk music. And somehow this one just eluded me for a yeah. long time. Me too. I th- I don't think it was, it was in the past 10 years that I they were on my radar. Yeah, me too. But that song, Demystification, so fucking great. Um, Has a very Gang of Four very, sound to very, it. Very, yeah, uh, a quintessential... English post-punk. True. Um, highly recommended. Yeah, totally. Um, other gatefolds. I love the Harry Nilsson vampire where he has the oh, um, son arms. Of, son of son of, Dra- son of Dracula yeah, yeah. is the one I have. <clears throat> but I know that there's a Son of Schmilson. Yeah, too. he's dressed like a vampire in the cover of that. Yeah. But that mine one, says uh, Son of Dracula because it goes with that horrible like Ringo Starr movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a soundtrack, I want to <laughs> say. Soundtrack, yeah. 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 Uh, the one son of Schmilson I thought you were talking about comes with uh, I had a copy of it that came with an iron on inside Ooh. the cover. Wow. Do that, people. Yeah. Do more of that stuff. Totally. Like. I found years later I had you have ever seen the Devo? I wanna say it's Comeback Joni single. Uh-huh. Or no, it's it's the cover is like a statue of Venus. Okay. But the face is missing and there's craters where the face would be. 
Okay. And then after having the single for a long time, I like dumped out the record one time and a sticker came out. <gasps> that's the face. Oh my like, God. That you're meant to like stick on the record. Whoa. That kind you... of interactive stuff. I, was, I was really love cool. that. Like the flipper, like the little tour map. There's a flipper oh, yeah. fold out in one of the flipper albums. And actually you can, it's like a paper doll type thing where you can um, create the tour van. Oh, funny. Out yeah. of the record sleeve. Like there's like, it shows, there's directions where it shows where you can fold it and there's oh, tabs right. and stuff. Oh yeah, right. And you can make a little tour van and then the thing, the insert is the little, it looks kind of like a board game. Oh, right. And yeah, And you totally. put the van on there and you go on tour. <laughs> It's so funny. I love it. Flipper was really, I think they did the generic cover before PIL. Oh, huh. Yeah, I didn't know so that. So there's yeah. controversy about, I mean, the PIL designer did a fucking amazing job. Yeah, Because totally. they did everything, like the CD, the shirt, everything yeah. was. Those records look great. They look fantastic. But I think the concept uh, may have been Flipper's first. Hmm. Huh. I wish I had it. <laughs> I tried to get into Flipper, but I think I got that one that was down there. Like, where is it? This album? Oh, uh-huh. It's like from the, it's a later one. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I just Yeah. The, the best thing when I worked on the punk radio show was about Flipper. Um, the thing we liked the most was that their songs were long. Yeah, true. For punk bands, so yeah. we could like go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh. oh, here it is. Shit. It's so cool. Okay. Gone oh, fishing. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you cut yeah, it out. So like... you so you cut it out and you assemble it, but then the insert is like the little Yeah, that's awesome. Tor uh but it doesn't show the insert here on the Wikipedia. It's almost kind of mad magazine or Yeah, for sure. I like interactive stuff. Yeah, totally. Alice Cooper's records had a lot of that. Which ones? Uh none of the early ones, but I think you can tell probably once he got popular and they got a more of a budget that they started doing it, but um Oh, like, uh, the one, the first one is, that does it is, like, Killer, that does the calendar. Oh. It's, like, a picture of him hanging himself. Oh. And that one you just can tear off the calendar. It's not super interactive. But then a calendar? Yeah, it's, like, a gatefold, but then it folds up as well, and it's a picture of him hanging himself, and there's a calendar for, what, 1972 or whatever year it came out. Um, it's just yeah, showing the cover, but. Yeah, that's the calendar right there, but it doesn't, that's not a very good photo of it. The problem with reissues is that a lot of times they don't have the gatefold anymore. This one does, actually. Oh, we it had does? a reissue of it at Easy Street. Yeah. Okay. There it... might be, like, <laughs> if you were to look up, like, uh, Alice Cooper Killer Gatefold, okay. maybe, or Calendar or something like that. Uh, or, like, Original? Yeah. Uh, this shows it right here. This one? This one right here. I okay. Think, yeah, that one does, too. The, yeah, see, like, it's upside down. Oh. Like, basically, the album opens up, and then it opens up again, going vertically. And then you can just keep track of all your appointments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the one after that, I'm trying was to Was it Pretties for You? That's the first one. Oh, yeah. that's the pink one. Yeah, yeah, this is, like, once he starts going more glam style or hard, right. whatever his, what he's known for. Because the first for. one was pretty psych. Totally. Yeah. yeah, when he's on Zappa's label. Uh-huh. Um... And then, yeah, Easy Action's kind of like that, too. But mm-hmm. then, this is the one right after Love It to Death. Okay. So I think he'd had a hit with 18, and then they let him start spending more money on his Got album covers. Got a bigger covers. budget. Yeah, this one's really cool, too, actually. Billion Dollar oh, Babies. Oh, Billion Dollar Babies. It's like a billfold that has a giant Oh, it's billion. a wallet. Yeah, and you open it up, and there's, like, photos of them inside. and there's... I've never had that record. Oh, it's really cool, yeah. If, if you forget one that... What? It has inside the billfold. There's like a slit. It looks like a wallet inside, and there's um, a, yeah, that's a giant a, bill. It's a giant billion dollar bill <laughs> that folds into. The, it's kind of poster sized. I love it. And then the other one I was thinking of was um, school. Is this, a, is this really for sale? Is it a, a reissue? I don't know. It's sixty two dollars. No, huh. thirty dollars. Most must... of these have been reissued. I think. Yeah. Uh, but then. Love or uh, schools out mm. has like it folds out like a school desk, <gasps> um, and it you know the al- the album cover looks like a school desk. Oh my god, it's like graffiti. Kramer's coffee table book. That's a coffee table. Totally, I yeah. kind of <laughs> thought of that when that Seinfeld thing. I was like, um, nope, Alice Cooper already did it. Beat you there. Sorry, Kramer. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god, yeah, that's that hilarious. one. And then it opens up, you know, like a school desk. <gasps> And Can you put like, stuff in there? It has in the photograph. It has pictures of like a slingshot and gum and I don't know. Oh you my know, like, god! So you haven't seen it in person? That one. What's that? Assembled. Oh, oh yeah, no, I have it. You yeah. have. Oh, you have it. That one, yeah. His albums are kind of known for being so like that. After a while, there's three or four of them that are. Uh, I have no idea who designed them. Yeah, I want to figure that out. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, it had panties. The underwear. Too. I forgot about that. You usually don't see that with it. Did it come with actual panties? I think, yeah, around the record. Check what? It out. <laughs> was everyone out of their goddamn minds back then? Oh, it's $500 on eBay. Wow, that seems overpriced. Um, what would you price it at? Oh, I don't know. I think. Oh, my... there's the inside of the disc. Yeah, totally. There's like a picture of the band and yeah, the slingshot and stuff. Oh my God. And a, a switchblade? Yeah. Oh my God. Bad, bad kid stuff. Bad kids. I love it. And crayons. Yeah. A love note to Alice. Aww. (laughs) Check yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. Check maybe. (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. My dad had that record. That's the back of it where you can see like these tabs. Wow. To fold out to make it. So cool. So this is what created the bottom of it? Yeah. These are the like legs as it were. They fold out. So creative. Totally. Step it up, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing any new records with cool interactive features? or? or uh, just... Man, not that I can think of. I'm sure they do all kinds of... Oh, Ty Seagal has the 3D thing where oh, yeah. um, you yeah. have two seven inches and you put one each in front of your eyeballs and then you can see the album art. Yeah, I remember 3D. when that came out. That yeah. was a good, that's a good one. 3D is always cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to... You were asking about any modern records, like... I can't think of any any uh, interactive ones right now, but okay. uh, I was gonna say like the guy or whoever does the Parquet Courts records. I think it's somebody Ooh. in the band. Okay. Those record covers look really cool for a modern band. Like, I love that band. Yeah, me too. Um, and they just look really different and unique, and you can tell it's all by the same person. Which? This one this here. One? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, totally. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to upload so many images so people can see. Well, they can look it up too if they get to it. <laughs> and Google, called, Google it themselves. Google it. Did you know the uh, the words "Google it" fit on your knuckles going across? I'm sure some designer has that. Somebody. Computer uh, designer, <laughs> software designer, whatever. Google it, mom. Google it, boomer. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, that's what passes for snark these days. Oh well. Um, <laughs> So are, what, what's up with your new album cover? Who's doing that? Uh, Jesse Lortz did it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, Dracula's Flute? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Look uh, him up. He's so good. It is really cool, yeah. Um, it's hard to explain, but yeah, it's yeah. one of his weird, like, kind of creepy, psychedelic, hippie-looking... Yeah, I had his calendar last year. It's yeah, his stuff's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and he does risograph printing, which is... Ugh, my What's favorite. That? It's the uh, Japanese um, style of. It's like digital screen printing. It's a machine that looks mm-hmm. like a Xerox machine, but it's actually um, screening ink. Oh wow! Cool. And, uh, one color at a time. Oh neat. Yeah, I took a, a kind of a. There's a couple uh, places in town that do it, hmm. and I took a little seminar. Cool. Last year at one, and then after you take the seminar, you can go print there. So oh I was wow! Like, oh, I'm gonna print all this stuff, and I haven't gone back, but yeah. Learning about it was really cool. Um, but yeah, that calendar he made, his work just looks so good uh, with screen printing or risograph printing. And I love the uh, BDSM clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool person. Uh, great uh, musician. True. Um, let's see, what else should we talk about? So you have the album, Jesse's doing the artwork. Uh, you've got Daisy Heroin doing a video everything's exciting yeah yeah it's all happening finally cool um and then any did i already ask you if you have shows coming up we'll do some record release shows yeah okay we're gonna be on art zone with nancy guppy nice but i don't know when that's gonna come out uh and yeah the record i want to say april 17th right or we'll probably do a record store day show at easy street nice and how are you getting in to how are you <laughs> how'd you work that out yeah <laughs> it's it's not finalized yet lol uh, yeah uh 
and we're playing at the tractor with um spirit award and candace on april 25th that'll be the record release show all right that's awesome you've got all the information um i'm not sure when this episode will come out um but definitely in time to go to those shows so um yeah i guess unless you have anything else to talk about i think that's it um i have a dj night coming up I guess I should promote myself, but I think most of my listeners are not in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm doing a Valentine's Day thing I used to do every year called Level Terrace a Party, and um, it's going to be at Nacho Baracho this year, uh, and with Nikki Sugar and nice. Valerie, DJ Explorator. Cool. And we're going to be playing just, you know, every genre, but all love songs you probably know the words too so it's gonna be fun and i'm gonna be making uh homemade valentines that i'm giving out sweet thanks for tuning in please leave a review on itunes if you are on itunes and thanks for listening thanks for writing in um i've been people have been sending me messages recently it blows my mind that people are discovering different episodes just searching for uh, the subjects that I've been talking about. Um, so especially Barney Bubbles, that's like the, the biggest one that people feel really, um, I think there's an emotional connection yeah. to his work that a lot of people have. So people tend to reach out about that and I really hmm. love it. So uh, Venmo me, drop me a line, <laughs> make a donation. Um, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks everybody. <laughs>